And here we are. Hey. It is Tuesday. Body roll. There he is. Hey. Wow, you're doing body hey. rolls? Hey. Is that type of day? Hey. Hey. That type of day? Hey. You know what it is. It's the Hot Box Podcast. My name is DJ E-Rock, Box Kev. Hello. Man, here we are. Another day, another, um, another, another episode, podcast. Another, another Tuesday, another beautiful week has went by, another beautiful week ahead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Positive energy, positive results. Got 24K Golden on the show. That's dope, man. Bay Area Zone. I mean, yeah, and it's crazy because we were just talking about this right. off like air. We're like, yo, you know, he's one of those guys that that blew up yeah. without really like conquering home first. Yeah. Which is like, you know, most artists typically, you know, they kind of start out locally and they're mm-hmm. doing shows. They're doing, you know, whatever they're doing out there, you know, handing out mixtapes or, uh, you know, doing local radio and all that. Um, you know, he was one of those guys that kind of just emerged on his own out of nowhere via the way a lot of artists are kind of blowing up these days, which is via internet. And yeah, you know, you know Spotify. Kinda, right. The song catches on. YouTube, TikTok. TikTok. That's that's the man, man. Make a TikTok dance. That's the that's the way to do it. <laughs> if you want to be famous, make a song that has a TikTok dance and you're you're good. It's crazy because like, you know, when we sat down and had this conversation, I told him straight up, like, you know what, man, you're like the only guy that I really haven't like, you know, met. Yeah. Out of the Bay Area, like, you know, out of that whole entire, like, you know, section of Bay Area right, artists, right. you know, but hey, great energy, man. We've got a great conversation coming up with him. Uh, but before that, man, there's a whole bunch of shit in the news right now. Monkey pox. Monkey pox, bro. Just when we thought we were fucking finally done with all of this fucking madness and another virus. Another day, another virus. Another day, another <laughs> virus, man. And yeah, monkey pox is the newest wave or uh, the newest scare tactic that is out there. Um, what exactly is monkey pox, though? I don't like, know what it is. I know what it looks like, and it doesn't look I, like anything disgusting. you want to fucking contract. It looks no. like you got lesions and fucking big fucking blisters or herpes, if mm. you will, like... On your body, on the outside of your body, and this is the thing, though. Like, how do you catch it, though? They they don't, they know, don't know, like directly, if it's like a skin to skin, skin to skin to skin thing. If it's like a you just touch somebody, or if it's like a an aerial thing, like with COVID, where it's a you know a ventilation or breathing thing. There's still a lot of unknown about it, um, but we do know that the first case has been confirmed in the United States. Um, let's hope that it's been contained and we don't have to deal with it. But they're, you know, they're already talking about, um, you know, having a vaccine for this and, and, and that's just unfucking real. Well, you know what the crazy thing about this vaccine, if, if they're say, say God forbid, and I don't even want to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway, if this becomes a thing, right. And it becomes another pandemic or another situation where everybody's freaking out or whatever and the only way or not the only way one of the main ways to combat the virus is to get a vaccine i guarantee you more than say 90 percent of the people who were anti-vax for covid will go get this vaccine you think so you know why why because America is a vain fucking country. And this is something wow. that you can see on the outside of your body. If somebody sees that and they're like, oh, yeah, just get a vaccine and you'll, you'll be fine. Guarantee you the majority of these people will sign. I, I, I never would have thought that, but I think you might be right. It's because it's something that, you know, like I said, people are very fucking vain. And especially in America. And if it's if it's actually something that can be seen and is on the outside of your body as opposed to COVID, which is like an internal, you know, respiratory thing. Mm-hmm. Guarantee you a lot of these people that were not comfortable getting vaccines for COVID will sign the fuck up for this one. First in line, Instagram influencers. For real. 
I mean, first in line. They are definitely, definitely you know I mean? getting this. Hundred percent. And like I said, I didn't want to. I don't want to put that out there. I pray to God and I pray to everything holy that this doesn't become a thing. But it's just a another example of you know, like we're living in different times and shit is fucking crazy and it's. It's, it's too much, it's just, man. It's every day. It's something else, man. It's like, man, can we just enjoy our lives and have some peace and serenity? But, you know, maybe one day. doesn't sound like it's coming anytime soon, but. It is what it is. I mean, you know, but you've been doing a lot of traveling, though. I have. I have. You know, so, I mean, you've been on airplanes and, you know, but but since we're talking about the uh, the subject of uh, viruses. Yeah. Um, you know. Do you wear a mask on a plane still, even though they struck down that uh, that mandate? This is like it's dealing. This is like HIPAA information. You know, what I mean, this is like <laughs> it's not HIPAA. <laughs> I'm just asking. Do you still wear a mask on the plane? I don't, and the reason why I don't is because with a mask, it's like you either wear it always or you don't wear it. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you can't pick. It's like if, if you're gonna have sex with condoms, you can't pick and choose when you're gonna use them. You either use them or you don't. You know what I mean? Like it's it, you can't just play. It's, otherwise, you're playing. We have a lot of friends that I'm not going to call. I'm not going to call anybody out. But yes, we have a lot of friends out there who are definitely there are a lot of people that roll the dice for years. <laughs> let's just say that. All right. Um, but you know, I don't because again, we're in so many places now where you just don't wear a mask. That I feel like it's it's just. It, it's it doesn't make sense. I'd be kind of contradicting myself and being a hypocrite if I was like, oh my god, I have to wear it on the plane. And like you know, like we were talking off the air, if you're gonna wear a mask off of a plane, it's actually probably safer to wear it on the plane because the planes have the same um, HEPA filters mm -hmm. on the plane that hospitals use to filter air. So you know, it's at least healthy, clean air. Where if you're at a restaurant and you just have your mask off and you're eating, there's no filters there. You're just, you know, you're sitting around it's fucking true. maskless, raw dogging it. You know what I mean? It's true. You know, but what's crazy to me is that now that we no longer have to wear masks on planes, yeah. I don't know what it is, but I don't know if it's if it's me mentally, if I have selective hearing or whatever. Mm -hmm. I feel like I get on the plane and I just hear a million people coughing. They're congested. They're sneezing. So I I continue to wear a mask it's, on the plane, which is fucking crazy. E Rock will wear a mask on a helicopter to EDC, get off of the helicopter and take his mask off and go into a festival with one hundred and ninety three thousand people, maskless. No fucking sense. I don't get. It. I, I don't know, man. It's just the you know what? It's I guess it's like you know the the proximity of like how close you are to somebody. Like yo, I had a guy behind me that was coughing his breath brains out like literally the whole entire flight I mean, back yeah. from chicago the other day and i was like it could be COVID, it could be emphysema who knows like yo I mean, no mask or whatever i had my mask on it yeah. is what it is yeah. you know but i i feel like you know it, i get it it was just situational yeah. at the time you know so most of the time like yo when i hear like you know a kid coughing like behind me or whichever and they're not covering their mouths or whatnot i'll put the mask on i just will. i mean you know I, I get it you know like i said it's i mean edc you're outdoors but granted i do understand you yeah. know how it looks and it right. sounds it, like a you, yeah, you, you know, know, I look crazy. What you about know? what about inside the club? Well, there's no one in my DJ. <laughs> nah, but you still be walking around. And, no, I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to out you, but I got pictures. Oh, get out of here, man! I got video and photography. There's no one in my DJ booth. There's there, there's there's hardly 
anybody because I'm very antisocial and I'm a big dickhead when it comes to fair. people in my DJ. Fair, if I don't fair. know you, I don't want you. No, hundred percent, and I yeah, get it. You know? But again, like it's one of those things where like I, I'm not anti-mask. I still continue everybody to do whatever they feel yeah, is do, best do for what them. Makes you, I mean, do right. what makes you feel safe. And, and if know? and if the government tomorrow was to say, hey, you know what, we're wearing masks again, I'd be totally fine with it. I wouldn't fight it. I wouldn't. I mean, it is what it is. If but you know. You can't pick and choose when and where. It's you either you do it or you don't. That's that's just my thought process on it. You know, call me crazy, call me, uh, you know, whatever. But that's just my thought process. You know, um, the other day I remember I got off of uh, I didn't get off. Uh, what was it? A um, I took a, a town car to um, to the airport in Chicago, and um, I had the mask on because I was about to enter in the, the Uber? airport. No, 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 oh, okay, not okay. In the Uber. But you know, I was about to. Uh, you know, walk through the airport, you know, I had just been around like, you know, a ton of people. And I remember my driver goes, Hey man, you don't need to wear a mask anymore. I was like, well, you know, I know, but I'm doing it because I've been around a lot of people. He said, well, I don't have COVID. I was like, how do you know? I don't. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you just never know. No, you don't. You never know. So it's more of a respect thing for me. Like whenever I do wear the mask or whatever, like, you know, especially if I've known I've been around like a fuck ton of people, like I'll I'll, I'll put that thing on, you know, and I don't mind it. I mean, you, know? you literally just got back from EDC yesterday and I'm fucking two feet from you. So you might have a point. Yeah. So thanks yeah. for the respect. I appreciate we'll, it. Hey, no. hey we'll, we'll know in we two go, days. It shows how much we'll, fucking E-Rock we'll respects me. We'll know in two days, buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it'll be fine, man. I, like I said, like, you know, I, I encourage people to continue to do whatever makes them feel safe. And, you know, hopefully we can fucking finally get over this shit. Yeah, man. You know, we just want peace of mind. That's, That's it, it, man. That's it. All right, 24K Golden. I'm, I'm excited for this. He's on the show. Let's take it to the Bay Area one time. Let's do it. It's the Hot Box Podcast. E-Rock Box Kev, 24K Golden, right now. Man, we got a lot in common. I, know, so I feel like this interview has been long overdue. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Not only are you from the Bay Area, like myself, you are from San Francisco. Yes, sir. Proper. Proper. In the city. In the city. 415 area code. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's why I feel like this, this this conversation is very special. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, this is a, a, a good moment. And finally, we get to meet. Yeah. You know, and I know that we have a lot of mutual friends, especially from from back home. Like I remember before doing this uh this interview, I was talking to Big Rich. Oh, you know Big Rich? Come on, man, dude. I've known Big Rich since like the fully loaded days. Yeah. Man. You know what I'm saying? Jay Valentine. Like yeah. that's like one of my best friends right there. So like, you know, I was like, man, yo, I I I I gotta start it off right. So well, here we, we are. We here, man. Live and direct, or not so live, but definitely direct. <laughs> <laughs> we here in Las Vegas, Nevada. You're taking the stage at Light Nightclub tonight, man. How does that feel like you know i mean you're you're taking the stage in the entertainment capital of the world yes you know what i'm saying i mean some some big names been here like even way before our time okay but here on on this very strip yeah you know what i'm saying so there's it's a like lot of history here a lot of history man it's I mean, thick it's, it's crazy. cool i just turned 21 a couple months ago so like i feel like i just unlocked a whole new yeah level in the in the game or whatever like yeah i got a lot more access to places i could go and People I could see in place I could perform, especially so. Mm-hmm. It's, it's I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be pretty lit. Yo, tonight. Vegas hits different when you're 21. I I, I could definitely agree with you on that. There's no point in being <laughs> here unless you're 21. What am I gonna do? Go to Circus Circus? Oh man, yeah. <laughs> Yo, so you've achieved a lot though in the 21 years of life that you've lived thus far, man. And uh, I've seen you grow into this artist that is just like, I mean, you are this monster right now, man. I mean, you have. I mean, at 19, you had a number one record. Yeah. At 19 years old, a number one record, man. And um, 
one thing, and I know I, you know, I, I'm going to keep on leaning on this, man, because I want people to know, especially that people that are just watching this for the first time, um, like, you know, you're really big on, on making sure that people know that you are from San Francisco, California. Yes. Why is that? Because I feel like ever since I was coming up, I always wanted to be able to shine a spotlight onto to where we're from because it's very, very often in music, especially in rap, that the Bay Area gets overlooked or we get our sauce stolen. Mm -hmm. And all the artists that are big that came out of the Bay Area are from, you know, Vallejo or Oakland or yeah. other parts. Not not San Francisco. There really hasn't been much love from the from the mainstream or from, from the rap game shown to SF. So I feel like if I'm out there being a representative and saying, oh, if he's from San Francisco, what other hidden gems they got there? And people will turn that. more of an eye to it. I love that. I love that. I mean, you went to Lowell High. Yes, I did. And you know what's crazy is I used to do dances there. Well, like like the primes and winter balls. All, and all I that. know is that Lowell High dances they were like they were they were big jump offs. Yeah, like that. You guys had like the quad and you had the gym and you had this. It's like yo, those things were crazy. Did you ever perform at any of those back in the day or not at the dances? But I'm about to perform because my sister goes to Lowell now too. Oh wow! And I think full circle right there. Love I, that. She's she's that president of her prom committee. Okay. So she pulled a she pulled a pulled the card and That's said, the flex. "Let me go and have my brother." <laughs> Form with the senior prom so I, I think i'm about to uh go back and do that right that, 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 i mean that if that's not like you know uh going back to your high school for career day on steroids you know to perform at like oh yeah the alma modern like that you know yeah. and your sister is there like yo that that i love that that's full circle right there. i'm excited for that that should be turned did you ever go to like stonestown and stuff like that back in the day every when day at lunch i, I miss them all skip i used to skip a class to go to like the Foot Locker or mm -hmm. sign up for raffles or like when they did the uniqlo cause collab and they had the uniqlo at the stonestown i would go there or just get lunch man yo the food court there is actually pretty uh pretty amazing sabaro oh the yeah korean spot the yeah. korean spot is where i used to go to all the time so when i used to work at wild 94.9 back in the day i remember i would take i would take like a break because i did like commercial mm -hmm. production there like long time ago like psh, man i was probably like like 23 or something like that but i would always make my way from downtown from francisco street over by the ballpark yeah all the way to Stonestown just for that Korean place. You go all that's like a that's a far trek, Bart. Right? Yeah. yeah, bro, it was a thirty minute drive, like literally through downtown and the Sunset District. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you have to go through uh, what's that one street where it's like all like the big ass houses and shit like that? Oh, uh, like in in Pack Heights or Billionaires Row or oh St. Francis Woods. St. Francis yeah. Woods. So I used to have to take that exit and go to Stonestown over there. Which is also the best place to go on Halloween in really? SF. Bro, that's where you go to get the full-size candy bars. <laughs> yeah. There and um what's the what's it called? By the Presidio. Oh, man. Uh Seashore, Seacliff, Seacliff. Okay, yeah, 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 no doubt. No doubt. Those spots. Um who were some of the 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 artists that you grew up listening to that inspired you to be the artist you are today? Was there anyone from the Bay in that playlist, you know, all the way to like some of the bigger guys from the national names or something? But who were some of the guys that inspired you? It's interesting like I've listened to so many different artists and so many different types of music since a kid. Like the first song that I that I remembered on the radio was um 
Last Dance, Chris Brown. Wow. But I was also in kindergarten when Tell Me When to Go came out and like me and all my friends would That record changed my life. Tell me when to go? Yes. What's your what's your relationship with that record? Come on, man. You really want to know? Okay, I I, know. Should we put this on camera real quick? Hold you on. Got, hold you got you got a tattoo of it? Come Let me on, see. man. Yo, there it is. There oh it is. wow. I know Stretch in the other room going like, Yup, that's that Yeah. That's that thing right there, man. Yeah, yeah. So I, I used to be forties DJ for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then uh I used to do I used to do record promo for him for mm -hmm. free. I used to travel on my own dime and get records played literally up and down the West Coast mm -hmm. because I wanted a light to be shined on the Bay Area. And so when Tell Me When To Go came out and, you know, obviously I had a really close relationship with 40. I used to literally be like, all right, we're going to we, we're just going to make this happen. I'm going to go to Power 106. I'm going to go to, you know, 92.3 The Beat. That's what it was called before Real. Yeah. And I'm just gonna let, literally let game unfold and let them know that like, yo, this is what we gotta do. Yeah. And this is what we doing right now, you know, so. I felt like that song was like a spark that kind of reignited oh, it, at least on the mainstream level. Like, well, I was in kindergarten, so I really had no idea <laughs> how it was being perceived fully. But for me, I just remember like, yo, this song is fire. Like, we were, we were fucking with that song crazy. So, all right, so uh, tell me when to go was on the playlist. Who else was on the playlist? Yeah, and then as I got older, you know, my, my horizon started broadening I was a very big, still am a big Kanye West fan. Mm. I remember my dad putting me on to like 808s and Heartbreaks and stuff, picking Fire. me up from elementary school. My mom playing late registration for me and my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. So those were definitely big influences. Drake, of course. Um, and then when I got into like middle school, it was Future and Young Thug and Chief Keef and like that whole new wave sound too. Have you seen uh, Genius yet? The uh, Netflix documentary. Oh, I've watched every episode like three times. Oh, my God, man. I binge watched it last night, and I'm not going to lie to you. It was the best thing I've seen on Netflix in a long time. Any artist or creative out there, like, if you feeling, if, if you feeling uninspired or unmotivated, all you got to do is watch that, and then you're like, yo, I'm about to go to the studio I need right to go, now. Yeah, yo, I got yeah. some work to do. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Um. I know you go back to like, you know, the city every now and then to do some work with uh, with Project uh, Level. Yeah, Project Level. And, uh, you know, shout out Big Rich one time. Of you course. know, shout out Big Rich. Um, obviously, it's very important to give back to, you know, the city that we're from. But, you know, how often do you go back and what are some of the things that you do for the community when you go back to the city? Yeah, I go back every one to three months. And I think a big part of why I feel like it's so important to give back is seeing this guy over here. Paperboy, uh, he Shout got out me Paper in Paperboy in the building right over here, yes yeah. sir. Get, turn one of these cameras, man. Show, show, show the. Get over here, man. Show your, show your face <laughs> yeah, real quick. Yeah, get, get, get in the shot real quick, man. Uh, <laughs> this guy right here. There he is. Local legend, national legend, universal legend. Um, but uh, I would always go to to Dream Team SF. Mm -hmm. and, which is like a sneaker shop clothing boutique in my neighborhood yeah and every like christmas and thanksgiving and back to school he would always do these drives or, or have meals for the neighborhood so i'm like yo I, we got to keep that going and we got to keep leveling it up and spreading it and mm -hmm. doing and just you know giving back to the community because without the community there's no you no absolutely so last thing i did with project level was a back to school giveaway and like I feel like there's a lot of giveaways that'll do like backpacks or pencils or school supplies. So 
I figured, all right, all the, all the necessities are covered. Let me get these kids fly so they're excited to go back to school. That's dope. So we did shoes and, and clothes yeah. and, like, sports gear and, and uh, like, fly backpacks and, like, skincare, all that type of stuff. And they seem to really like it, so. That's dope, man. That's really dope. It's, like, it takes me back to, like, when, um, what's that, uh, that Deion Sanders quote? If you, uh, if you look good, you feel good. You feel good, you play good. If yeah. you play good, you get paid good. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, yo, I, yeah, that, 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 that's really dope, man. Um, how would you describe your sound? Mm -hmm. mm, the 24K Golden Sound is very much a fusion of a lot of different influences. Like, the way I put it is, when, when you were growing up in... Let me know if I'm wrong. When you were growing up, you had to buy a CD if you wanted to listen to music, right? Man, and I sure did. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> a lot CDs, of them. I'm sure. A lot of That's them. That's why we're here having this conversation today. Yeah. But that kind of made you choose, right? Because if you're going out to the store and spending $15, $20 on a CD, you can't listen to everything. You can't go get the rap CD and the rock CD and the pop CD and the funk CD. You kind of had to like pick a side more or less like all yeah. right, i'm gonna get this new rap album or am i gonna get this new rock album or or this or that whatever so with our generation we never had to make that choice because even before Man. spotify you could bootleg it or go on youtube and yeah. download it to your mp3 player or or whatever it was and i think that gave me personally a lot more styles and sounds and and regions a spectrum and pretty much yeah, yeah a lot more things to take in and give me perspective and give me inspiration so i i've listened to rock music i've listened to rap music from the 80s to today i've listened to funk music soul music even like electronic in some in some ways so i don't think about genre when i'm making music i'm just thinking about like yo what's this melody gonna sound like and what beat is it going to sound fire on? And from there, the rest is like up to God. That's dope. That's dope. You're putting me on game right now. Like, I, I never thought about like, you know, um, like how I used to consume music versus yeah. how today and whatnot. I, obviously, I have, you know, I mean, I pay attention to Spotify streams and Shazams and stuff like that. But then again, I was like thinking, I was like, damn, I really did have to choose. Yeah. If I wanted to get you know, uh, a BBD CD or something like that. When I was like, you know, like, like eight and nine years old or something mm -hmm. like that, I had to like make that decision. Yeah. And you had to like, literally, yeah, it was like picking like, you know, your favorite child. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, damn, I got to go with this, but I kind of want to get everything. You know yeah. I mean? But for us, it was just a click of a button, a couple of presses on the keyboard and you could, you could do whatever. Just do um, whatever. Do you feel like the Bay Area doesn't get its fair shake in the game? Yeah, I think. And I think I think it's it's not all, you know, the media or whoever you perceive to be in control of, of that stuff. It's not all their fault and it's not all our fault either. I think mm -hmm. it's just like the the a lot of talent in the Bay Area gets overlooked in the Bay Area because we got this tendency to just push the same kind of sound or like be um hesitant to trying new things or to be different or separate ourselves from the pack. That's why you get a lot of Bay Area artists that kind of sound the same. Yeah. And and those that are sounding different, they don't really get love in the Bay Area, so they got to go somewhere else to to get that love. Um, so I think we got to do a better job of uh, supporting people that are willing to stick their neck out there and, and yeah. take a chance and take those risks. And I think when that happens and we're, you know, still staying true to our roots, but fucking with people that are on some new shit too, 
that's the combination that's going to make people start paying attention. You know, and I've seen in other other interviews and stuff like that. I mean, you go back to the city pretty often. Yeah. Would you do? How would you describe San Francisco today versus the San Francisco you grew up in? Bro, that shit is crazy because it's different every I, time. Yeah, I feel literally since I left for college, every single time I've come back, I'm like. That wasn't there. Yeah, this restaurant wasn't here. Like, like yo, like where, where did this Salesforce tower come from? I never thought that was gonna be finished. <laughs> so it's been it's been crazy, and it's definitely a little bit sad because the city that I knew and that I call home, yeah, is not the same as the city that I grew up and was my home for the first seventeen years of my life. So for sure, it's 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 definitely bittersweet, and gentrification is is at an all time high. I feel like there, but. I'm happy that it's not all the way yeah. gone yet. It's like I can still go to Beep's Burgers. I can still go to Man, La Taqueria. That, that sounds so amazing. Right? El Farolito or something yeah. like that. Bro, Jeez. That's, the, that's right by my house. Yeah, that was, I always would go there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, big 49ers fan, I take it. Big 49ers fan, big Giants fan, big Warriors fan for sure. So let me ask you straight up, man. Jimmy or Trey? That's above my pay grade. <laughs> I, I just wanted to see because I feel like that's like the big topic of like yeah. you know, discussion when it comes down to uh, you know the 49er football. I DJ for the 49ers, so mm -hmm. I, I can't dig into that. I'll also yeah, but I will say this though, man. I think that uh, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo really did dig us out of a dark period for sure. I mean, come on, let's just be honest, man. I mean, you know, two words: Blaine Gabbert. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like. I think the fans don't give him a fair, you know, shake for what he's done. But we we got like I feel like 49er fans got a tendency to throw out the quarterback as soon as they like fuck up. Like from who's before Colin Kaepernick, Alex uh Alex Smith. Alex Smith. Yeah. yeah. He was everyone was loving him and then ah he started, you know, wavering and it was like, "All right, put Colin in." And then it was like when we when we kind of had that Super Bowl situation, it was like all right, now Jimmy's the truth. So it's just like You know like what, though, why I think that cycle. is is because, like, you know, the 49ers have always been strong mm. with quarterbacks. Joe Montana. True. Steve Young. Like, yo, those are hard names to, like— Some those big are, shoes to fill. Really big yeah. shoes to fill. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, and I, I think that's, like, the culture of why— like, you know, Jimmy is in the position he is right now with the fans. Yeah. It's like, yo, like, you so know, if you're not, not Joe, that, like, what are you even doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, but— I, hey, whatever happens, you know, happens. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of talk about, like, you know. Uh, you, recent, you recently did a couple of things with the 49ers. And how did it feel, though, you know, to be from, you know, that area and working with the most storied franchise in the NFL? Yo. Especially back home. You know what I mean? The, the only thing that could have made that moment sweeter was if it was still like Candlestick. But yes. To just to be able to like that was the most people I, I think I performed for at that time too if it was before outside lands but I've never performed in like a stadium like that fully packed out like whatever direction you look there's 10,000 people there yeah and I don't know man it was just I really felt the love in the in the hometown love and I, I was very appreciative of that moment I brought my dad and my sister to the so game that too. had to be amazing we were man. all in the box just chilling it was cool uh, obviously, we're here in Las Vegas, Nevada right now. Yes, sir. You just turned 21. Mm -hmm. You know, do you see uh, or do you foresee like any more Vegas trips like, you know, in the future now that you are 21 years old? You know what I mean? If they pay me, I'm showing up. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about the five things you love about this city. I don't know if you've experienced it enough yet, mm -hmm. but what are some of the things that you love about the city of Las Vegas? 
So this is probably, I think this is only my, my second time here, but so far, so I might not be able to name five, but I, I'll try my best. It's all good. I love, because uh, I'm here to make sure that you can name five by the end of this trip. So all right. That's, that, I, that's I promise the mission. You that. I promise you that. All right. So I like, I like the food. Like y'all got like a million restaurants in every Man. casino. Yeah. So there's a lot of options and I'm like a big foodie. So. That's a plus for me. You get some brownie points for that. Um, I like the shopping as well. Shopping's amazing here. A lot of exclusive like stores and stuff like that, or even like in the designer stores that you might find other places that'll have like exclusive Vegas drops. Mm -hmm. So I like that. Um, I think that's the only two things I like so far. Man, you've seen the women out here, right? I ain't seen the one. Well, you ain't seen the one. Yeah, that's a bar right there. I like that. Well. You know, there's a lot of them out here. Yeah, well, tell them and to come meet us at the Light are, Day Club. They are, and wow. pull up to my section. They're more than welcome to show. <laughs> um, I've seen other interviews, and you talked about this as well, man. You are a big sneakerhead. For sure. Big sneakerhead, and then you touched upon it, how, you know, you used to go to a... Uh, uh, um, well, it, it was the uh, the boutique. Yeah, Dream Team SF. Yeah, Dream yeah. Team SF. You know, shout out Playboy in the building right Playboy, now. Playboy, yeah. So, like, you know, how did your love for sneakers start? Um, cause I was in like seventh grade, and this dude in my English class had came in wearing the Concord Elevens. Okay. And they this was what two thousand and eleven. I think they dropped. What, the breads were 2012. This was 2012. The breads were about to drop, but he had the 2011 Concords. And I was, I never seen shoes like that with the patent leather and the translucent sole and the carbon fiber. And I was like, yo, what are those? And he was just like, oh, these are the Jordan 11s. And I remember going home and like researching Jordans for like the next three hours. Like I wanted to know every model, every colorway. I was memorizing the names and the colorways and the release dates. And that was like the the start of the worm rabbit hole, whatever yeah. black hole of money that being a sneakerhead <laughs> is. And from there, I never looked back. You know, I remember buying uh, shoes off of like Bay Area sneakerheads, all these Facebook wow, groups. Okay, yeah. Like I was, I was low key popping in the sneakerhead groups because I had this big afro, so people would like recognize me at these events and stuff like that. And I would always be buying shoes and like refurbishing them, like repairing them, restoring them, and then flipping them or doing customs and stuff like that too. So, and you used to be a reseller yourself. You used to buy and flip. I Correct. mean, I tried not to be too uh, too much of a toxic reseller because I wasn't out here with <laughs> hey, a bot getting that right there, getting man. a thousand sneakers. But you know, I was definitely going to to get the raffles and try and get a little extra money. Um, what are your top? I'm a three? hustler, baby. Top three sneakers of all time. Top three sneakers of all time. And why? Well, we'll take one off and say what the, the Jordan Eleven that we just talked about, right? Or 12, I don't even, right? That's not even my. That's not even my top. Oh wow! Like those are cool, but I I really there was a time and a place for those. Yeah. When I'm thinking about top sneakers of all time, I'm thinking of what's going to be classic, right? So the Jordan One definitely has to be in there. Probably the bread classic. one for me, like an eighty-five. Mm -hmm. The flat back and it had the the best shape. Yep. Um. I think my top three might be all Jordans, to be honest with you. Or like, so which Jordans would you say? So your top three. The, so the bread ones. Okay. If we're talking about sneakers, uh, the white cement fours. Fire. Probably the black cement threes. Those are all classics. Black cement threes are fire. Yeah, if we're doing top three Jordans. 
Mine would be, um, I'm definitely, so I, I fell in love with sneakers when I first seen Franz and walking to KMEO when I was 16 years old. Mm -hmm. And he had a pair of all white Air Force Ones. Yeah. I So like, I always go back to a pair of Air Force Ones, no matter what. So I would say that my, that's my number three. That's a good, that's a great pick because you could wear those anything at, from yeah you go back in time you can wear those you go ahead of time you can wear those facts you can wear them now uh number two is a i'm a jordan bread four guy okay um and number with the nike air on the back yeah with nike okay. air on the back of course of course uh number three i would say definitely a jordan one royal okay I, I i remember i went through hell just to try to get a pair yeah and and i remember i was uh I think I bought a pair on eBay and they were fake. Oh, you got, I got guy. played. Oh, I got, no. I got played. You know what I'm saying? So I, I remember I was just like, all right, this is not right. They don't fit right. This yeah. and that, man. Like, you but know. That's part of the game. I feel like you're not a real sneakerhead if you ain't been got at least one time. And I've definitely been got. Like, you know, and that was early in my sneakerhead days. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I was so mad. I was so upset about that, man. I was like, Jesus Christ. Charge, charge it to the game. That's all you could do. Yeah. Do you see yourself owning like your own sneaker store or maybe uh, venturing in that like down the line? Because I know that hmm. like, you know, you are an entrepreneur as well. Yeah. You know, on top of being like, you know, a musician and whatnot. So. I mean, I love s sneakers, uh, but that would not be my business project of choice. What would be? I want to go probably do something global, have a brand or like uh, really, really producing movies and TV and film. Okay. I think that's where I could thrive the most because what is music at the end of the day? Storytelling. What is movies and TV and film? Storytelling. And I feel like that's that's one of my, my God-given talents. So if I could do that visually. Mm -hmm. I, I just co-directed my first music video last week and I'm super excited for that to come out. Too. Really? Yeah. For uh, Wow, I love that. Speaking of music, you know, Mood, I, you know, and I don't mean to go back too far back. I know that Mood was one of the biggest records of all time right, that we've heard, especially during the time where like people were in the house yeah, and whatnot. I remember I was hearing it everywhere. Yes. Everywhere. Life had to change pretty dramatically after that right i mean you would think right but it was it felt like a like a delayed reaction like a lag in, in like a video game or something because really think about this when i dropped that song it was august 2020 in the middle or beginning of the pandemic mm -hmm. so it's not like i'm going out to the club and doing these songs it's not like i'm going on tour and doing these songs even if I did go outside, it's not like I'm getting recognized because we all got masks on and there's like three people in the street. Yeah. Period. I remember in LA, if you like are a real car enthusiast or a real driver, that was the best time because you could just get on the road and like all the freeways would be empty. It felt like I was in It like, was like Carmageddon. Remember? That yeah. was like a term. Like, yo, there's no cars out here, man. Yeah, but that was fire for me because yeah. I, I like love driving. So it was just, it was like a video game. Um, But- yeah, for for the most part, my life didn't change that instantaneously. It was a lot of like just chilling in the crib, working on new music, doing hella, hella, hella interviews and Zoom like, interviews, bro, virtual. Oh my god! So how does it feel like doing like a, a, a in real life IRL interview right now? I mean, this shit is fire. Like this yeah. is this is what. This is why I'm doing music to to go to new places, talk to interesting people, do shows like yeah. not to just be on my laptop answering the same 17 questions <laughs> <laughs> back to back to back to back to back. Like I really like this real life shit the most. So 
I feel very blessed that I could experience this now. I love that. I love that. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, 24K Golden is in the building. Can you let them know where they can find you? Let them know how they can tap in. Yo, if you want to tap in, all you got to do is uh, go to whatever social media you fuck with the most. Type in at 24K Golden, G-O-L-D-N, no E. That was already taken when I picked my rap name. Stay golden. Great guy right there. I like it. I like it. A lot of, lot of good stuff there. Oh, dude, tons. Especially like how he got his inspiration to like That's mold crazy. his sound today. That's tight. That blew he, my mind. That is. Because, I mean, a lot of artists don't, you know, they don't even know the, the just the records that were like, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Like they didn't, they didn't grow up listening to Biggie or even Pac or something like that. But him, you know, he listens to everything. So that's kind of cool. Like, and most, it's a generational thing. Right. Like, you know, right. They, the generation today has access to everything. Because if you go on Spotify. True. You know, I mean, you have access to rock, uh, hip hop, dance music, anything. anything, anything, everything back in the day. Like, hey, like, you know, if me and you decided to be rappers back in the day, we had KML, Wild, right. you know, so yeah. it'd probably be a little bit more limited. Yeah, you know what I mean, was, it wasn't on demand like it is now. You could literally, you know, you could do a huge amount of research in an hour on Spotify or Apple iTunes or whatever the fuck. But yeah, that is dope, man. I, li I like that. That was a cool. That's a cool little moment for him. And. The fact that he's still young and just coming up. I mean, young, like guy just turned twenty one, right? Yeah. Said this that was his this is his first time in Vegas. First time. I mean, that's that's always a special first time. That's always a special that's always a special uh kind of trip right there. Your first trip to Vegas, you don't necessarily know what to expect. And it was and, his first time performing in Vegas too. So that was really big, right. you know. Um do you remember your first time in Vegas? I do. I I didn't my first trip to Vegas, I was like probably in my early 20s so i didn't i didn't do like the whole come to vegas like on my 21st birthday kind of thing uh, i was at the radio station at the time um uh, it was me big von scotty fox um julie who was our old program director michael martin's assistant i can't remember who else was all on that trip i want to say i was probably on this i trip can't remember y honestly it was so long ago um but yeah we stayed at the palms um had a fucking blast didn't really know you know what was what out here i was just like kind of overwhelmed by like all of that las vegas has to offer um but yeah we had a really fucking good time it was it was a real fucking good time did and you my, walk up and down the strip with a tall glass because i knew vaughn used to love doing that vaughn is a uh, vaughn yeah. love walking the strip vaughn, back in the vaughn day was definitely the guy that would go to the frozen margarita stand and get the 32 dollar <laughs> fucking 82 ounce fucking hourglass uh i don't i'm sure he did because that was just kind of our thing but now you know you know what was our our jam was that we used to go hit up there was a 24-hour uh cafe inside the hard rock uh, mr lucky's yeah I, I don't know if it was called mr lucky's at the time though i think it was maybe it was then, yeah. oh you might you know you know i think it was now yeah. it's called like 777 cafe or something like that yeah, yeah, yeah or yeah. it was until now it's ver mm -hmm. now it's ver or what is it? Oh, it's like Mr. Lucky's or Lucky something Seven, like that. Some, some shit like but that. But they used to have, uh, they used to have watermelon ribs, which sounds wow, really crazy. But it's no, basically like that sounds amazing. It's actually. like a, it was. They were ribs, but they had like this watermelon barbecue sauce on them. They were crazy. We used to we used, we used to literally come for that, and then we would get the um, we would get the uh, the Captain Crunch chicken fingers. At the Harley Davidson yeah, joint. At the Harley Davidson. No, they, they, they wasn't, wasn't Captain Crunch. No, it wasn't. It was Cornflakes. Uh, Cornflakes. Cornflakes. Oh my God, Vaughn. Captain put Crunch me on was those. at uh, Planet Hollywood. Yeah, Vaughn put me on yeah, those. That was his shit. And I remember. Oh my God, I remember I used to fly in just to fucking eat yeah. those. And Vaughn was responsible for literally pointing those out to me. Simpler out times, man. Simpler times. 
Now it's like, hey, now you know? that's what I'm saying. So that so <laughs> now Vegas just, to us is like, God, and steakhouses, bro. That's what I'm saying. It goes to show you, like when you first came out to Vegas, you were like, oh, let's go to the Harley Davidson Cafe. Like, you know, what I mean, it's like people like you go to like New York, and you're like, oh, let's eat at the Olive Garden Times Square. Now it's like, <laughs> bro. Now it's like, fuck that. Like we're going to like we're going SW. to SW. You know what I mean? Like, you know, what I mean, we're gonna go. Could hit you the, imagine telling an influencer that right now? Like, hey, yo, let's go to the Harley Davidson Cafe real quick. They do. They, uh, honestly. If it was still open, I might still fuck with it. Them cornflake uh, chicken fingers and the mac and cheese were Those quite were, spectacular. Yeah. That shit was in fucking That was incredible. some good shit right there. What about you? You remember your first Vegas trip? You know, my first Vegas trip. Or how about first time you DJed in Vegas? Either one. Oh, man. The first time I DJed in Vegas. Um, I, I You know, I, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell this story. The okay. first time I DJed officially in Vegas. Okay. Like, you know, fully promoted, real casino, you know, um, it was great. It was amazing. It was through this guy named Jonathan Schechter, Shecky okay. Green. Um, he is actually the uh, one of the founders of the Source magazine. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Him and, and Benzino. No, no, no. He sold it to Benzino. Oh, no shit. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so he's really early on. Yeah, he's really early on. Got so it. Jonathan Schechter, founder of the Source, he had a thing out here called... Uh, Called uh, the Game Girls or uh, Game Recordings and stuff like that. I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember a single that came out with Eminem and Royce the Five Nines like Bad Meets Evil. Yeah, or yeah Bad like Meets. This is what happens when Bad Meets Evil. Yeah. So that was his record. No you know? shit. I met him while I was on KML way back in the day when he they were working that record. Right. Me and Vaughn, we played that record, you know, religiously. Obviously, Vaughn, huge Royce the Five Nine fan, was. huge M fan, right. you know, whatever. You know, we uh, you know, we we definitely like you know, we put some burn on it. Years down the line, you know, here I am trying to make a name in Vegas. You know, someone you know suggests like, yo, you should call Shecky Green. Shecky Green's the guy that's responsible for bringing AM mm-hmm. to like you know he. I mean, AM was like one of the first DJs that got like a million dollar residency, deal. right? The big residency, million deals. dollar yeah. deal, right? Right. And he was like literally one of the people that orchestrated that. Wow. You know. I, I call Shecky. I hey yo, I don't know if you remember me. I used to play on KML back in the day. I used to play this Bad Meets Evil record. You know, he's like, oh dude, of course I remember you. Yo, what are you up to now? I was like, well, I'm actually trying to get into Vegas, and I heard you're the guy to talk to. He used to do a Thursday night party at the original light, which was inside the Bellagio, inside the space that used to be the bank. Remember the bank? Yep, 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 yep. yep. He used to do a Thursday night party in there, and he used to hire like Steve Aoki. You know, and 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 DJ Homicide and a couple other open format guys. But the crazy thing is, like, this is before Aoki was like the Aoki, Aoki yeah, he yeah, is right. today. Before he was throwing cakes on people, bro. Way before, way before, way before he even had dance records like right, that. Right, right, you know right, what right. I'm saying? So, um, you know, Shecky brings me out, and I'll tell you, man, this is when I caught the Vegas bug. He brings me out to, uh, you know, to play that Thursday night. I get paid a good rate, and everyone in town was really actually like. They were kind of tight of the fact, like, yo, this guy's never played in Vegas before and he gets that rate. What the fuck? Right, right, right. Shecky looked out for me, right? But he brings me out. We go to dinner. Now, I guess, now, like I said, like he's got this thing called the Game Girls. The Game Girls was this, I don't know how to explain it, man, but he always had women around him. Hot ones. Okay. Hot. Okay. Right? We go to dinner. Literally, it's me, my boy Brian V, and my buddy Pete that now lives in Sacramento. And then literally we go to dinner. It's us and like 20 women. Now, mind you, this is like fucking, what, 16 years ago? Right. 
bro, I, I, I didn't know what it felt like to have dinner with like three right. guys and, right. 20 and 20 women. women yeah. And here I am talking to my boy going like, yo, bro, we hit the jackpot. <laughs> For real. Like, oh, I my God. Always DJing and everyone at this table out. is a 10 right, right now, right? So like, yo, we go to this restaurant, you know, we, we have dinner and then we go to the club. We walk in with, with 20 women there. And I'm just like, dude. This is unreal. Like, this can't be fucking Bay. This can't be real life. Right. You know, Bay Area, bro. there might be 20 women in the entire club. So yeah, this is a big if that. This is a big change for us. <laughs> and I, like, I, I'm talking about 2010s, bro. Wow, that's fucking 2010s, crazy. dimes, you know? So we walk into there. I had the best time of my life. And I remember I played on a mixer that had, like, no fader on it and oh, shit, shit like that. It was all knobs, bro. Mm -hmm. It was unreal. But, like... That was when I caught the Vegas bug, and that was like literally like my first time, like really officially like experiencing mm. Vegas, like how we see Vegas, like right. really on a regular. Like, yo, Kev, you want to go out? We go out, and we're fucking out. It's, yeah, it's we're it. spoiled. Yeah, right. So I said we can't we can't do just regular partying anymore. Like, which, so yeah, that was that, that was my first time. I would say like you know DJing in Vegas, yeah. like you know on uh, at least like that level. I could tell you about my first meltdown in Vegas. Oh fuck! Please do. Actually, no. We covered it with uh, with Franzen. Oh right. I remember. I used right, to right, visit right, Franzen. Right, right. Yep. I used to visit Franzen on a regular. He used to play at OPM and poetry, and I used to get tanked, man. Yeah. Ah, I would have said you passed out on the street. Yeah, we passed out on the street. Slept in front of the Luxor. The only difference is now you get IVs. <laughs> <laughs> nothing's changed nothing's changed nothing's changed so now he pays 200 dollars to get an oil change and i work out now you know so that's a little bit different you know plus at the same time like i don't sleep in front of the luxor i sleep in my own bed now right I live here. yeah that's true that's true so yeah that was my first vegas you've really now. come a long way you rock <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, <damn. laughs> see? 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 <laughs> all right you know, I, I think that's all right. That's a good. That's a good end. Right yeah, this. There. Yeah, this is a good way to end. This is a good way to end. All right, man. Let's roll on out of here, man. Let's go wrap it up for the hot box. Big shout out to our guests this week, twenty four K Golden for holding it down. E Rock Box Kev, make sure you check us out. Like, subscribe, follow, ask questions, comments. We love the feedback. Everybody, check us out on all the social media. And uh, other than that, we will see you next week. Peace. <laughs>